Hello, welcome to the Eagle Tales podcast, a new podcast from the Central High School Foundation, keeping you connected to the nest through storytelling and original interviews with eagles all across the nation. I'm Josh Busey, your host for today's episode. Before we get started with our episode, a little bit about the foundation. Established in 1996 to provide support for present and future Central students, we are committed to preserving and enhancing the timeless values of a Central High School education. The Central High School Foundation supports the school through a variety of activities, including alumni relations, fundraising, grant writing, student scholarships, capital projects, teacher classroom grants, and so much more. And we want to work with you. We are so proud of the accomplishments that our students, staff, and 35,000 alumni worldwide achieve every day. Your support helps make Central the finest downtown high school in the nation. With your help, the foundation can continue to honor the past, live successfully in the present, and plan for the future. I'm so excited today that our second episode of Eagle Tales will be taking a closer look at one of Central's crown jewels, its basketball program. Joining me today are current Central High School basketball coach, Eric Behrens, who was a 1992 alumnus, along with former player, Tradion Hollins, a 2013 alumnus, and current player, Faison Germany, who will graduate from Central in 2021. Coach, Trey, Bay, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having us, Josh. We're excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So I kind of wanted to get started today by having our guests introduce themselves. Coach, I wanted to start with you first. Let's just talk a little bit about growing up in Omaha. Tell us a little about yourself and maybe where in Omaha you grew up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, you know, pretty much a lifelong Omaha resident. Most of my childhood, um, I lived on about 50th and Center. So I went to Beals Elementary and then obviously I went to high school at Central. My dad was a, a teacher and a coach as well taught at Tech High School for about 10 years until it closed in 1984. And then he moved to Central at that time. I know that was when I was in fourth grade. So I've really kind of been a, a ball boy statistician, kind of been around Central since, you know, uh, since I was 10 years old, about fourth grade. And, you know, really enjoyed um, growing up around the basketball program, around the school, kind of seeing all the the traditions and people and, and, and everything that central is all about as a youngster. And then that, I think that's part of why I enjoy being at central today. And I've enjoyed it for, you know, for all these years that I've been back at central, being able to teach coach and, and now in my role as a Dean as well. As for me, I'm a North Omaha kid. I grew up everywhere in Omaha. I'm, I think I would say I'm good in the bottoms and the uptown. So I'm a North Omaha boys and girls club kid. Central was kind of thrust upon me from my mom. I thought I was going to Benson High School the whole time and she didn't want me to go with my cousins and she was just like, you going to Central? I went there the first day and the rest was history. Basically the same thing. I was raised in North Omaha uh, most of my life. I went to a lot of Central games growing up and I was watching Tradeon play most of the time. And I always knew I wanted to be a part of that when I went to high school. So my dad was like, this is what you want. I'm all in. Awesome. Uh, Coach, you're a 1992 graduate of Central. What do you remember about your high school days? You know, just an enjoyable time in my life. I mean, I, I when I look back, it's kind of about people and, and uh, good friends, teachers, um, you know, just the, the, the social side of things. 
is, is what really stands out in, you know, in such a positive way for me. But I also realize, you know, now that I'm in the business of education and have been for all these years, you know, what, what a fantastic education I got, first of all. And I think just the ability to be around such a diverse setting has had such an impact on my life. I mean, I think when you look around the world and, and the things that are going on today, I think it, it highlights for me even more uh, the benefits that I got by being at a high school like Central, which is so unique in so many ways as a, as a downtown high school, a diverse high school, a high school of strong academic traditions, but then a high school that also thrives in just so many areas, um, athletics being just one of them. But you can talk about the IB program and you could talk about, you know, so many different things that Central is good at and known for. So when I reflect back, I just kind of look at the total package and feel like what a fantastic experience, both academically, athletically, socially, and then something just in terms of providing me an opportunity to be around a diverse group of people that really has shaped me and my thoughts and feelings on things for, you know, most of the rest of my life. Looking back, were there any teachers that really inspired you or motivated you when you were in high school that kind of changed you for the rest of your life? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I remember, man, sophomore year, Miss Hug was my chemistry teacher. Uh, loved that class, even though I'm not really uh, strong in science, but I, I truly enjoyed the class and her teaching. I remember um, my senior year, Mr. Blanky was my history teacher and he just had a a style of storytelling. And it was kind of, he taught it in a real, what I would call more of a college style. It was like notes, dictation, and then show up and take the test. I mean, it was, there, there was not a lot of busy work I would say, but it, it was a class I really learned a lot out of. I just loved his teaching style and, and his ability to tell stories and relate, you know, historical topics and, and share it in a, you know, to a group of 30 high school students in a way that kept us interested and on the edge of our seat. And I, I just remember it wasn't a class I ever like laid my head down or wanted to go to sleep in because he just made it truly engaging and interesting. And I really enjoyed that class. So I know that uh, you mentioned this a little bit before your dad was the coach at Tech until it closed in 84. And then he coached at Central and actually coached you when you were playing at Central. Uh, what was that like getting to play for your dad? Oh, it was great. I mean, I probably had what I would call the benefit of playing for Coach Martin. Uh, Jim Martin was my coach my sophomore year. He had been the coach, a longtime coach. He had won state championships in 1974 and 75. And my sophomore year was his last year. So I got to play on the varsity for Coach Martin, you know, as a sophomore. And then he resigned and my dad got the job. So then he coached me my junior and senior year and certainly, you know, learned a lot from him. I mean, I had been around him as a coach just being like I said, the ball boy, the water boy for a lot of his teams over the years. And then to get the opportunity to play for him as well. Um, just, you know, a lot of good memories about that. And it's kind of unique because later in your career, you end up coaching your son, Roman. Not many fathers, you know, have the chance to, to coach their sons at the high school level. Talk a little bit about that and what a special opportunity that was. Yeah, it was great. And, and again, you know, the way things worked out with Roman and myself. So I left Central for a few years. And, and so he was playing there while I wasn't the coach. And, you know, I think there's some benefit to that as well. I think it's hard when your dad is the coach because you, no matter how good you are or, or what your accomplishments might be, it, it, it's, it's a tough spot to be in because people think or assume that, you know, you're getting things because your dad's the coach and they're going to play you whether you deserve it or not. But 
So I came back and then coached him his senior year when he had pretty much already been well established, been a starter for. How do you, you know? Uh, I'm sorry. I no, mean, go ahead. I, I have a daughter. So yeah. like, how do you <laughs> how do you take out the personal aspect of it when you when you are the coach and when you are the father? Like it's different approach, isn't it? It is, and I would say. Uh, an old coach to a young coach advice, I would say <laughs> you're usually harder on your own child. I would say your, your expectations are higher and it's probably a little more personal. You know what I mean? If they mess up in practice as compared to anybody else, I think anybody else, it's easier to just keep an even keel and just stay that, stay in that coach mode. But then when your own child is something you're trying to correct or teach or whatever, sometimes there can be an added layer of like emotion or passion that, that can make it difficult. And that's something you just have to balance. And I really am glad that, that Roman got to play for three years where I, when I wasn't there, to be honest, cause I felt like that was a great opportunity for his growth and being able to do things without it being like, you know, it, your dad is the one there taking care of you and, and coddling you or whatever. But then by the time I came back his senior year, we really enjoyed that experience. I mean, that's a year that, that I'll always remember and what a fantastic time I had getting to coach him for, you know, 27, 28 games through the season. And, and it was a blast. And, and since then he's gone on to play and I've enjoyed watching him play in college and he's going to continue to play for the next couple of years. So I, I really do enjoy watching him play. Cause I think when you're the coach, sometimes you don't really get to enjoy it because you're too involved Right. You probably get caught in the moment of you're trying to coach. Yeah. You're not worried like my son did this, my son did that. You're just worried like I'm trying to win this game against this team. And and if he's helping us win, great. But I'm not like enjoying it in the moment as much as I did when I was just able to watch him play. So I think it's been kind of best of both worlds for us being able to get to coach him and then also being able just to get to sit back and and have a more relaxed role as a fan in the stands. So you first get hired to be the boys basketball coach at Central in the fall of 2001. Let's talk a little bit about what was the state of the program when you arrived? Because, I mean, Central's had a somewhat successful past in the basketball program, but it had been a while since they'd really reached the pinnacle and gone all the way in one title. Well, my dad was the coach, the head coach for 11 years before I took the job. And I would say he probably walked away at a time where it, it was just on its way back because he left me a really talented team my first year. I, I would put it in one of his top three teams. I, I know his team in 94 when he had like Eddie Smith and and um, and I think Donnie Johnson was really good. And then his team in 97, my brother was a senior, Galen Morris and Kenny McMorris. I mean, they had a really good team in 97 as well. I think the 0102 team, which ended up being my first team, would have been one of his best three teams. So he kind of walked away with the cupboard full. And then I was fortunate enough to get hired. I mean, I, it wasn't a given, you know, um, some people think, oh, your dad left, you got the job. He just handed it off to you. But if you know anything about the HR process and the hiring process, he really didn't have a say in who got the job after him. So I was fortunate and we were good right away. Some of our alumni I may remember, but I had a, a guard named Skylar Thomas, who was tremendous. We had a wing, Chris Kuhn, Javel Kimmons, uh, Andrew Ford. We had some young guys that were really good. Carl White and Courtney Grigsby. I mean, we had some, we had some talented guys. They were, they were really good. And, and so we had, we had a good year that first year. We didn't win state, but it, we, they were a tremendous group to, to bring me in as a first year coach because we were successful right away. Not so much because of anything I did, but because I, I inherited a very talented team in my opinion. Right. I mean, you made it all the way to Lincoln in your first year as a head coach. And that was the first of seven consecutive years that Central made it to the state tournament in Lincoln. 
but it was in 2006 when you struck gold and won your first state title against Bellevue West in overtime. What can you talk to us about that game, that tournament, any memories stick out about winning your first title? You know, it was in 06, we had a really good team. We had a nice mix of seniors, juniors, sophomores, um, some young, talented guys. Uh, Josh Jones was a sophomore. Ronald Grigsby was a sophomore. Rodney Grace was a senior. Ben Klein was a junior. I mean, we just had a really good mix. And, and Bellevue West was a very good team that we ended up playing in the finals. And it was just one of those games where two teams really battled and having been to state one and lost and felt both sides of it. I mean, there's, there's a lot of hard work and preparation involved. And, but you also know that there's a lot of good fortune shots go in at the right time. You get a stop, a rebound, kids make plays. That That's ultimately what it comes down to. You know, both teams, coaches work their tails off in preparation and scouting and try to put their players in the best position they can. But I think that was a game that certainly taught me it kind of comes down to players making plays at the right time. And that's what happened. I mean, we, we were, it was kind of one of those that was unfortunate that went to overtime because we kind of felt like we should have won in regulation. And, but then we just made some, we just made some plays in the overtime, made some shots and, and uh, you know, we're fortunate to come out with a, with a win, which of course was a state championship. And most of our basketball fans listening will know that 2006 was the first title in three consecutive titles won by Central, including beating Bellevue West once again in overtime in 2007, and then with a one-point win over Bellevue East in 2008. And then all of a sudden, I mean, Central was a powerhouse, right? I mean, they were reloading instead of rebuilding. Coach, why do you think your team became so dominant so quickly over that period of time? I think once we won... And then we had four sophomores that played a pretty significant role that first year. So we had, uh, like I said, Josh Jones, Ronnell Grigsby, Chris Griffin, who's currently our JV coach, and then Lorenzo Wilson. Those four guys were in our top eight as sophomores. Two of them started. And then so by the time they're seniors, they had just they had gained so much experience at that level that, A, they were talented. They knew what it took to win. They were coachable. And then I, I think they found the formula that the team success became their top priority. And when you get that combination of talent, but putting the team first, I think that's probably one of the reasons that team was able to win, you know, three consecutive state championships, because I just felt like they, they figured it out. And obviously they, they gained a lot of success because they did. It seems like it would be pretty impossible to elevate the program any further after winning the three peat from 2006 through 2008. But it was after the 0809 season that didn't end in Lincoln for the first time since you became coach. Our Eagles responded by winning four consecutive state championships. Talk a little bit about the culture you had developed at Central. And then why do you think maybe that culture led to that bounce back and made that trip so much more successful, you know, after that kind of down season in 2008, 2009? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, we were certainly disappointed. We had a good team in 2009. We lost a heartbreaker in the um, district finals to Bellevue West, which seemed like for a lot of those years, we, we had to go through Bellevue West or they had to go through us. We just always ended up like finding each other, whether it was districts or state or whatever. Um, so we were disappointed not to get back down there. I don't know that we would have won in 09, but we certainly wanted to go back down and try to defend our championship. And, and uh, again, that became the one year that we didn't make it down to state. But you know, the culture thing, it's, it's a great question. I know coaches like to talk about it, but like there's so much turnover. And I think what happened next was just a new 
group of guys came in and they just kind of reestablished that culture. You know, I mean, that's, you know, Tradion sitting here that next year is when he's a freshman, Akoi's a freshman, DeAndre Hollins Johnson, Tradion's cousin is a freshman. Those guys came in and just kind of reestablished. But we also had Devrel Biggs in that 2010 championship season was a senior. We had some other guys that had been in the program and been around it. And, and again, I just feel like it was a good mix of players to, to get us back down there in 2010. And then once that freshman class that Tradion was a part of, as they just came up through the program and, and they were really good. And then we added a couple of transfers that came in with them. And, and KJ Scott, after his sophomore year, came over from Benson. Nick Billingsley joined them their senior year. They were certainly the most dominant group that I ever had. I mean, culminating in some of the opportunities that they got in their senior year, you know, going to City of Palms, getting the opportunity to play Oak Hill Academy out in Grand Island. That group, because they were 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 so good and so dominant, got some opportunities that, um, you know, kind of on a national level that that really not just put central basketball on the map, but really opened up some doors in terms of Omaha basketball and showing how much talent and, you know, how our players here could compete on a national level. And so those guys were just, were just tremendous, but I really put a lot of that back on them. I mean, their competitiveness, their drive to win along with their talent, you know, just made them a force. And they were, boy, I just, I just, I just remember the practices, the intensity, the, the, you know, a guy like Tradion just refuses to lose at everything that he does. I mean, we could be playing tiddlywinks or darts or, any game. And he's just a very driven, competitive individual. And when you have that as a coach, it just makes your job so much easier because you're just trying to keep that talent guided and, and put in the right direction and, you know, just giving them the opportunity for them to make the plays and for them to find success. And Central went on to win four consecutive titles from 2010 to 2013, which meant that they won seven titles at eight seasons, which is just remarkable. It was one of the most dominant runs in the history of Nebraska high school sports. 2011, 2012, the team went 30 and zero and no opponent got within 10 points in the final score. And we're fortunate to have the coach and one of the players that was on that team. Coach or Trey, I mean, do you have any memories of that undefeated season? What that was like? I mean, that's such a rare feat to accomplish. It's weird looking at it this way. Like I never, you know, sit there and read it. Of course, like when you go through something, you just living in the moment. And now like just reading this stuff is like, it's humbling, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the the undefeated season was um, Tradion's junior year. So we had Tradion as a junior, Akoya Gao, DeAndre, um, Tradion's cousin. Um, Kevin Scott was with us that year. We also had some good seniors, Darian Barrentos Jackson, Mike Welch, um, Deshaun Roberts, so we had a really good mix. We did not play a national schedule that year. We played just our regular, you know, Nebraska high school schedule. And, and we did go undefeated. I mean, 30 and 0, very difficult. There's so many nights you could let down your guard. You could, you could just not be up. You could get in foul trouble. You could not shoot the ball well. There's so many factors. And I think what it goes to show where that team was so dominant and, and why they had no letdown in them was just because they brought it on the defensive side of the ball every night. So even if we had a bad shooting night, their defense would carry us to a win anyway. They were so dominant, like rebounding the ball. They were so dominant just in so many categories that 
I think that's what allowed them to go 30 and all was it didn't just come down to, well, we need to make shots or we need to stay out of foul trouble. There was depth. I think that year when I looked back one time at the scorebook, we had like seven different guys score 20 points in a game, which is unheard of because we could have a guy like Mike Welch come off the bench and hit six threes or a guy like Darian Barrientos Jackson or it could be our leading scorer, but could also have been Tradion or DeAndre or Akoy or it was just so many weapons on that team that they were just locked in, competitive and very driven and, um, you know, culminated with, you know, the last undefeated season, obviously in, in Nebraska high school basketball at the class A level. And, but that's just all to their credit and tells you what kind of players we had in the program. And for me, it's the way that we prepared. Like you said, our practices were, were wars and we didn't, we didn't allow anybody to come in half stepping or not bringing what the next person was. Even with the coaching staff, a short story is I remember one time uh, we used to break up in, in groups of three people and shoot. One person rebounds, one person pass, one person shoot. Uh, he looked around the court and everybody was joking and talking. He wasn't happy, you know what I mean? He, he yelled at everybody, sent us all home. And he said, um, we're going to re- report here at 6 a.m. And if anybody late, we run in a 10 and 60 for every minute somebody's late. Nobody was late. It was just the way that we prepared and the expectation that was set. And everybody came every day to meet those expectations. And I had heard from a previous interview that you gave, it's like the freshmen that were coming into the program weren't afraid to challenge the seniors or upperclassmen in practice. I mean, it was like you said, Trey, it was like a war. It was a battle. I mean, every practice and sometimes was tougher than some of the games that you played. Josh, I think that was our probably our biggest advantage was that we kept having young guys come in that were not afraid. That's the key. I think the mentality when the guys came in, so it might've started with Josh Jones coming in and Benny Valentine, who was a really good all-state guard, was a senior. Josh was a freshman. Josh would challenge him every day. When Devrell Biggs came in, Josh was a accomplished upperclassman, but Devrell would go at him every day. He wouldn't back down. He would challenge him. When Tradion came in, he would challenge Devrell. Like Tradion guarded Devrell in practice better than anybody on any other varsity team guarded DevRel in games. Now, if you can imagine that, because Tradion wasn't playing on the varsity at that time as a freshman, he was mostly playing JV and actually still played some freshman games for us. But in practice, when we would split up, and we'll tell you a funny story about that in a minute, when we would split up at practice, there's nobody we played that year that guarded DevRel better than Tradion did. So like the competitiveness of our practices, we could take, we had 10 guys and maybe more than that, but for sure we had 10 guys where we could chop the teams up into two groups, shirts and skins or purple and white, or however we divided and say it was as competitive as the game might be on Friday night. And that's a huge advantage because when you think about a season where you might play 27 to 30 games, well, you might practice 125 times. So what's really going to make you better is where the numbers are and you're practicing five times for every game you play. So if you can really get a lot out of that, then I just felt like that's why we always improve so much throughout the season. And by the time we got to March, you know, we were just like as good as we could be because we had been going through that for four straight months. We didn't just practice like, Oh, we coming in there to play. We, um, we was in situations and stuff that might be difficult for us in the game. We have the 10 best players in the city. If we're going about this in practice, like if we're down 10 in practice, there's no way that we're not going to be able to come back from being down 10 in the game, especially when we have all the talent in the, in the room. Uh, the preparation for me, I can't, I can't allow Barron's to say that it was all the players because 
all the personalities and how different everybody was, the immaturities. He did a wonderful job combining everything and still making everything good because you can't put everything together and call it gumbo. That is true. Uh, and one of the players on that four Pete team, Tradeon Hollins, uh, Trey, you had such an amazing run, four titles in four years. And this is high school after all. So you have other activities and things, schoolwork going on on top of that. Talk a little bit about, and we talked about this before, you had so much talent around you. I mean, you could dribble drive and dish it out to a coy or, you know, whoever. There are so many options for you to distribute the ball to. Talk a little bit about that and how much fun that was. Basketball is fun to me, so I can't just say like, oh, it was fun for this specific reason. But everything that we did with family oriented and we we did it together. So it wasn't like I did something. I didn't accomplish or get to where I was if we didn't go about things the way we did. I feel like um, my high school career defined me as a person now and everything I've done today just because I understand that you have to be a star in your role. Like everybody's not going to be top dog. Like I found my identity and I'm capitalizing on it till today. In high school, I was a defender and still today, I'm trying to perfect my craft. So it helped me. I'm appreciative for everything. And talk to us a little bit about after you graduated from Central, you went and played basketball at UNO. Just talk to us a little bit about what you've been up to. As of late, you know, you said I graduated from UNO about three years now. So I'm getting old. <laughs> uh, but yeah, three years now, I'm playing the NBA G League, which is the uh, NBA's minor league. I play for the Grand Rapids Drive. So hopefully the COVID stuff will be over and we can all get back to all of that. And for people that don't pay attention to the G League, you should go on and watch some of Tradion's highlights. There was a website that just came out and named Tradion the G League Defensive Player of the Year. The G League is probably establishing itself as the second best league in the world, you know, underneath the NBA. There was a lot of years where guys could, would go to Europe and they still do because the, the paychecks are a little bit better in some leagues over there. But the G League and the, what the NBA's affiliation is, the mold for the future is that the G League will have each team has a direct, like a minor league system directly tied to a to an NBA franchise. And so a Trey's team is tied to the Detroit Pistons. But for to be the defensive player of the year at that level is like a tremendous accomplishment. And when the website put it out, they just showed clips of, of Tradeon just like, and it's, and it's fun to watch because you're watching him. I mean, these guys are starting point guards from, you know, high major schools, Texas and Tennessee and Kentucky. And they're just showing Tradeon, like take the ball from him out in the open court and frustrate guys and tip it away from them. And you know, there's a couple of times I'm watching the highlights and there's an announcer and like Tradeon will like tip the ball away and the announcer will be like, oh, Jones dribbles off his foot. And I'm like, no, he didn't. Tradeon just took the ball from him. Like, I, I don't know if you're the home announcer and you don't want to say that, but like, it's fun to watch. His defensive ability has always been, I've told everybody, like he is, has always been an NBA level defender. His ability as a point guard has gotten so good. I mean, he, he is his vision and his ability to make his teammates better. I've seen so much growth in him as a player on, in that side of his game. He's really got a legit chance just to keep going and improving. And, you know, we're all rooting for him to uh, get that NBA contract and get a shot because he reminds me a lot of a guard named Patrick Beverly that's been an NBA player. And I think if, if an NBA team will call him up and give him a chance, I really do think Tradion will prove himself and stick and stay in the league. If he keeps doing what he's doing in the G League, I really think that's going to happen for him. 
Trey, like, how did you know that you would become such a good defender? I mean, obviously you've been working so, you know, so many years on, on getting better, but like, but what, what do you do? Like, how do you become such a good defender like that? I just embraced what it was. Like, I'm not the most skilled. So like I wanted to play basketball and I was told if I wanted to be on varsity, I had to do this. I ran with it. I'm not the most skilled, but you know, defense is all about effort. I, I try every time. And then like, I start to realize that, oh, I actually got little gifts and I can anticipate. I, I used to start to read rhythms. I don't know. It's just different. So the defense be, is my niche and I run with it. Can I say one more thing about Trey? Absolutely. He officially retired me <laughs> as a pickup game player. I used to play with our guys a lot. And when you're the head coach, it's embarrassing if one of your players keeps stealing the ball from you. So <laughs> You know, most guys would kind of give you a pass if you're the coach, like they wouldn't come out and guard you full court and like try to turn you and make you like actually work to bring the ball before he would. And then he would pick my pocket or steal a pass I throw. So like, I feel like I played with the guys up until Tradeon's years and then I stopped. And now I only play with the faculty at Central. <laughs> we call it old man ball. Now I still play old man ball, but I, I don't play with the kids anymore. But I think I owe my retirement to, to Tradeon and his, uh, is embarrassing me a few times in front of my, you know, the guys I'm supposed to be leading. <laughs> was it half court, full court? What no, we the, would play full. Yeah. I mean, that'd be a full court press yeah. all the time. Probably. And most right. guys would be like, oh, this is coach. I'm just going to, you know, let him get the ball from A to B. But Tradion never had that mentality. He would be <laughs> like, oh, this is coach. I'm going to take it from him in the open floor and, and you know, go down and dunk. So, so yeah. So I retired from, from playing after uh, Tradion got to high school. Looking back and coach Trey, either of you feel free to jump in on this. What do you think was the greatest threat or challenge that was posed to like kind of the dynasty in the middle of it? I mean, you never want it to end, but I mean, it's high school players are rotating in and out, graduating, leaving, coming and going. What do you think was the biggest challenge to like actually keep the momentum going for the dynasty? I think what helped us, I can say what helped us because I think the biggest challenge is probably if you get complacent and you just, you know, you kind of pull back off the gas pedal in terms of the work ethic. I think after we went undefeated and these guys were juniors in, in 2012, the fact that we got some of those national, we got to go down to the city of Palms tournament and we played, uh, what, three games down there. We got the, the Oak Hill game in Grand Island. I think some things got put on our schedule that helped fight that complacency. Their senior year, I also think, you know, Tradion got hurt and missed two games and we had a back-to-back -back against Papillion and Omaha South, which were probably the other two, you know, I think us three were ranked one, two, and three that year. And we lost back-to-back -back games when Tradion didn't play. And I think that really like lit a fire under us as well. So, you know, I know you are going to talk about it, but when we got the opportunity to play Papillion in the finals and we had Tradion back, but the fact that they had beaten us during the regular season our motivation level was at all time high. So we were fortunate in how things worked out and that, that complacency factor, which I think could be something that could trip you up. It, it just, it got handled with stuff that the circumstances just handled along the way. So that, that worked out pretty beautifully for us. Um, as for me, I felt like it's complacency too, but on a different aspect, just because we went about stuff in our everyday life. Like we were basketball players, but like we're student athletes at the end of the day. I can't say that I necessarily took my schoolwork the most serious in high school because like I went to community college, but like my approach as far as like going about stuff the right way, like I wasn't no knucklehead or anything. So like, you know, I was where I was supposed to be when I was supposed to be there type stuff. So I felt like we had a good group on, on that. 
we're human, so we have late stories. But of course, we was there at least. Faye, do you have any memories of some of the state championship teams? Like, do you remember growing up and hearing about Central? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, the probably biggest one is when they played Oak Hill, for sure. Uh, that game was very intense, and nobody thought they had a chance when they were going down there whatsoever. And when they got the win, I was just so excited for them because they put Omaha on the map and made people realize that Omaha, Nebraska actually has basketball talent, and it's just not on the West Coast, East Coast, and stuff like that. We have dogs down here, too, that that get after you. Looking towards the future, Coach, um, since you returned to coaching at Central in 2017, the hoop scene looks a little bit different than when you left. Omaha South has become probably Central's main nemesis at this point. Correct me if I'm wrong. What do you think about the group of boys that you have in the program now, and what gets you excited about the future of Central basketball? It's been different since I've come back, but, you know, we've had good teams all three years that I've been back. And, and, uh, you know, probably when my, my first year back, like we talked about Roman's senior year, what we probably lacked was what, what I talked about with Tradion's group was that depth, that ability to split and put five, you know, I don't want to say equal guys, but five really competitive guys on each side that were at a really high level. The first team I came back to probably had five or six players at that caliber, but we didn't have 10 or 11 like we used to back in the day. So that was probably one of the things that hurt us a little bit, although that was a really good team. And we've had really good teams. I obviously had an opportunity my second year, we went right down to the wire. We lost the heartbreaker, like you said, to Omaha South in the finals. Certainly disappointing because we had a shot and we didn't take advantage of it. And and so, and then this year, you know, we weren't the favorites, but we were in the conversation. You always want to be in the conversation at least. Like, could you win? Yes. If we put three good games together, could we win? You know, I think the two teams that probably were favored were, were Miller North and Bellevue West, and they ended up playing in the finals. So that was no surprise, but we were there. And all, I think what we wanted was that shot. You know, we wanted to beat South and then we wanted to play, you know, Miller North in the semis. And, and so again, we tripped up and we didn't give ourselves that opportunity. And so that's where we're trying to get back to. We're trying to get back to not only being in the conversation, but, you know, finding that way to improve with every practice all season long. So when we get to March, we're ready to go down to Lincoln and just try to be at our best at that time. And I think I mean, I brought, you know, Faye with me today for a reason. I mean, Faye is one of the guys that's going to be a key piece of that. He's probably the guy most like Tradion that we have in the program right now. What I mean by that is he just does so many things. He he rebounds the ball really well. He's a great defender. You know, he guards extremely well. He can handle the ball, play kind of a point guard position, but also, you know, he could play power forward almost if you need to, but he could also play point guard. He's very versatile and very tough. And with the the guys we have coming back and then a couple of um, transfers that we've added, uh, we feel like we're going to have a deep team again, uh, very guard heavy, which is, you know, Tradion's time when we had a Koi and Sean. And obviously, I don't know if we talked as much about Sean. Sean is a teammate of Tradion's in the G League right now. I mean, was a tremendous all-state, you know, three-time state champion. Like, But we had a 6'7 and a 6'9 first team all state guys along with tremendous guards. We're a little different now. We're probably going to be just more guard heavy, but that doesn't mean we can't find success. It's just, a, it's a different way to find it. And and I'm really excited about the opportunity for Faye's senior year with the team that we can put around him. We think it's going to be a lot of fun. And we think, you know, probably again, Miller North and Bellevue West are going to be 
when the preseason rankings come out, they're probably going to be the two teams that, that people put at the top. But I think we're right there. I wouldn't be surprised if we're ranked preseason number three and in that conversation and just hoping for that shot again. So, Faye, tell us a little bit about maybe what position you play and what your role with the team. With Coach Barron's, I had to, uh, when I first came to Central, I had to change my game a little bit. I was used to, like, always having the ball in my hands, being the number one scorer in middle school and stuff. But I came around some talented players my freshman year, like Coach Barron's was talking about. We had a very talented starting five my freshman year, D1 caliber players, also that. And so I had to change my role, so I had to figure out what would get me on the court a lot. I figured out it was either defense and rebounding. So I made that stand out to Coach Barron's a lot. And he saw it in my game. And that's what got me on the court a lot. Sounds kind of familiar to somebody else in the room here today. <laughs> so, I mean, there were six seniors that graduated this past year. And I mean, a lot of them were pretty, pretty regular contributors on the team. And I mean, how, how do you rebuild? How do you get some of those guys transfers, you know, that aren't necessarily familiar with the system yet? I mean, talk a little bit about what that looks like kind of getting the team ready when you have so many new parts. Yeah, no, we lost a, a really good senior class. Latrell Reitzel is a, you know, one of the best players in the state this year, division one player, uh, Max Polk. Those two guys were three-year starters, you know, Dang, Teth, Scott Warren, and, uh, and Abe Hoskins. I mean, six really good seniors. So we will miss those guys, but that's what high school is. It's always a revolving door. You're always going to have guys coming and going and guys leave. That's just part of it's, it's not, it's not like an NBA team where, you know, Steve Kerr might coach Steph Curry for 10 years in a row. Like <laughs> you're going to be in high school for four years and then you're going to go. So, so I think what, what's, um, what we're starting to get back to, what I'm starting to feel again. And when I watch us and I look at us on paper, I feel like we're getting that depth back that like Faye said, maybe his freshman year, our starters were at that level or, our, you know, but we, we we're starting to get that depth back where we can really have more guys. And like I said, we picked up uh, Denham Johnson and Jaron Marshall that are going to uh, transfer in for us this year that are both tremendous players. And along with, you know, Faye and Jaden Dawson and, and PJ Davis, and then some of our other returners, we feel like we can not only have a great starting five, but we can have, you know, maybe eight, nine guys that are capable of coming in, helping us at the varsity level, hoping that our practices get competitive and then, you know, when, when guys that have been, you know, when starters leave, like we've lost from this year, it is just about reestablishing roles and finding that chemistry, you know, but I think it starts with guys that just want to win. If we just put the, the, the winning first and then allow everything else to take care of itself, we, we feel confident that we can find that success. Oh yeah. To pick up what Coach Barron said. But the two transfers coming in, it's going to be probably tough to get our chemistry at first. But once we start playing together, I feel like we're going to be able to compete with anybody because the talent is there. We just got to get used to like basically uh, all guards and we're just going to be physical and compete against each other a lot. And once we get uh, get going and get the connection there, I don't feel like, to be honest, in my opinion, I don't feel like anybody's going to be able to compete with us at all. That's what we like to hear. Um, I did want to ask Trey, I'm sure you probably still kind of follow high school hoops a little bit Definitely. as an outsider outside perspective looking in do you think that the game has changed a little bit at the high school level since you've left or like do you feel like it's kind of still the same the, the game uh, basketball is always going to be basketball but the game is definitely different I feel like now they're way more skilled like they're doing like high school kids now are really talented like they can jump they look like pros so, so like 
Yeah, I feel like the game is different, but we evolved as well. So Faye has a, some of the same principles and things that I go about like on the court that I do, but he has a better jump shot than I do. Like he has more stuff to him. So um, if he put his head to what it what it is and rally his troops, I feel like they can do it. Uh, just one last question for you, Trey. Um, obviously, we're kind of in flux right now with the coronavirus, but have you heard anything about potentially getting back to play again or for this year, or is the G League going to be shut down? Uh, um, it's always talks. I haven't said anything for certain yet, but yeah, it's definitely talks. Um, I don't know yet. Any other stories, memories you want to share? You know what I'll end with? Let me just tell you, Tradeon senior year, state championship game. Uh, we played Papillion, like I said. You know, Tradeon did not suit up on the varsity his freshman year. He came in. This was back when the NSA rule was you could only put 12 guys on your varsity. So now it's 14. They've added two, two roster spots for the state tournament. Back then it was 12. You have to make that decision <laughs> fairly early in the year. And we did. And he wasn't one of those guys. Although, like I said, he might have been the best defender in the state. I probably was wrong about that decision. However, we get about a 30-point lead with like two and a half minutes left against Papillion. We take our starters out. And this is the state, state title game. State title game. Yes, state <laughs> championship. This is his last game with me as his coach, his senior year. All the starters get an ovation. Akoy, Tradeon, DeAndre, Nick, and KJ, or Treshawn. I mean, there was really six that we considered starters, but we took them all out of the game. So I'm sitting there and we have the subs in and then Tradeon comes down and he, and I won't say the guy's names cause I'm not trying to put anybody out there. <laughs> he just starts saying players names. He just goes like, you know, Bobby Jones and I'll make up some names, you know, Jeff Smith, like he just, and I'm going, what are you talking about? He's like, these are the guys I was better than my <laughs> freshman year and I should have been on varsity and this should be my fourth state championship and not my third. So talking about his competitive spirit, you know, in a 30 point game state championship, his senior year, what was still on his mind was the perceived slight uh, <laughs> that I had thrown his way his freshman year. It reminds me a lot when I was just watching the last dance with Michael Jordan. And they always said how Michael Jordan just found things to be upset about. And sometimes he just made them up or whatever he had to do to keep a chip on his shoulder. Like that story kind of exemplifies Tradeon, the chip on his shoulder as a player, because he always found something like that to drive him. But uh, Dr. Bigsby always likes me to tell that story because he thinks that's hilarious that he just sat there and he rattled off about <laughs> five guys. names, and, and I think I looked at him like, you know what? You're right. You probably were better than all those guys. But, you know, what do you do? So anyway, that's just that's my last Tradeon story. <laughs> Well, I wanted to thank our three guests for coming on the show today. Coach Trey Faye, thank you for joining us for episode two of Eagle Tales. For our listeners out there, we hope you enjoyed the show. We would love to hear what you thought about this episode by emailing us at connect at chsfomaha.org or by tweeting us at chsfomaha. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching for the Central High School Foundation. Keep your ears open for new episodes and make sure to visit us and support us by visiting chsfomaha.org. And remember, near or far, you are part of the Central High School family. Go Eagles! Go Go Eagles. Eagles!